Good morning. Oh, shit. It's, uh, I'm totally paying attention <laughs> to this instead of football. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be. I'm Ray Rossini, and this is my co-host, Mr. Matt Topper. Thanks for joining us on MSP Community Live uh, that we do every week. And this week, we're actually going to do twice this week, but we'll get to that. How you doing, my well, friend? I'm doing awesome. How was Getting your Getting ready day? for for Jets kickoff next Monday Night Football tomorrow? Uh Really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, all I can say is it would be very difficult for them to play worse than last year. So it's got to be good. <laughs> I say that with the Dolphins every single time. <laughs> uh, but uh, we were up before the countdown started. Now we're down 31-27. Uh, so Ooh. if I get distracted or you see me laughing and cheering along silently, you know what happened. <laughs> I know. I have the, uh, the scores up in another window, and I'm trying to not look at any <laughs> games going on right now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about football, although we can talk a little football. I mean, you know, get over that old trope of uh, of guys, IT guys don't like sports ball. Uh, I am feeling better. Thank you, Alden. I appreciate it. I'm feeling much, much better. Spent most of the day out uh, running errands and hanging out with my 10-year-old. Uh, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods, and you basically had the run of the place, uh, you know, having fun. <laughs> nice. What about you? What did nice. you do on this fine, uh, fine Sunday? So not not too much. I went out and got all the yard work done, and uh, once it was done, sat down and and just got ready for. Uh, so my my wife is a Ravens fan. Uh, oh wow! So we okay. were. <clears throat> so she was the one o'clock game today. So after that, it was just hanging out on the couch watching football and getting ready for uh, today's show. Nothing pretty boring day actually <laughs> well uh i've talked for the last two weeks that i'm going to be redoing my backsplash i bought the backsplash two weeks ago it's been sitting in my kitchen uh i've been to home depot twice today i have another delivery coming tomorrow um because you know like all <laughs> only home, twice home projects you need to hit home depot at least three or four times so. easy easy and and it's only a success if you had to buy a new tool somewhere along the way absolutely 100 percent so uh and i did and i got something i absolutely had no need for but i got a new workbench with a uh a sliding 12 inch compound miter saw um because, for, <laughs> because for why not backdrop or backsplash that's what i need right <laughs> so <laughs> but yes uh, of course yeah but uh, we're here to talk about MSP stuff. And for those that don't know, uh, Matt and I are absolutely uh, football fans. So uh, we're doing the only thing we can do. Um, and we're moving MSP Community Live to Fridays. Uh, it'll be now, if you look at the lower third, it'll be Fridays at 11 a.m. Uh, so we'll do in the middle of the day so we can uh, watch our Sunday, Monday, Thursday, sometimes Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Saturday, go football. Uh, and we're really doing that for the audience because we will get distracted if we try and do it Sunday afternoon. I, you know, and honestly, I don't want to compete with the NFL. <laughs> so, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, I don't want to. I would totally watch this and, and, you know, pay attention to the game and, you know, eat my wings and drink my beer. But, uh, you know, we're, we're like you said, we're looking out for the audience. We don't want them to be distracted. We want them to get all, all right. the uh, MSP goodness. So, so I, I will stop talking about football after this, but how hilariously awesome or perhaps bad would it be if we waited till one of our teams was on Sunday Night Football and then tried to do it then? Oh, that would be rough. That would be <laughs> rough. I mean, the Dolphins and the Eagles are playing right now, but or the Dolphins and uh, the Packers are playing right now, but 
I'm totally paying attention to this. Uh, I'll do my best for the next 55 minutes. So, <laughs> so is, is the backsplash done. done now? I wasn't clear from the story. Is it finished? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's still sitting in the boxes. Uh, I got the trim today. I'm not sure I'm happy with the trim. I got the miter saw coming tomorrow. Um, not that I need do, it. Do you have a laser level? I do. I actually okay. have a really nice laser level at the office. That's part of the held up or the hold up. I have because uh, I custom mounted um, custom sound sound panels with like um, we did a bunch of cloudy movie poster designs, and so they were all custom done. And of course, to mount them, I use the laser level because they're going all of course our room. You know why wouldn't? And I? it's an excuse to use a laser. So what else do you yeah, need? Exactly. So uh, I did get, uh, and of course, at that moment, I had to buy a new laser level because the old one was inadequate. It only did two axes, this one did three. So, you know, uh, and it did multiple lines. So, you know, I had to get the right tool for the right job. So I do have it sitting in my office along with my angle grinder. Um, so I have to go get it tomorrow. I was out of the office all last week. Um, but I should have by next not next community live, but the one after that, I should have my kitchen backsplash done. So after one more weekend, you think yes. one more weekend, four more trips to Home Depot, and yeah, for right. some reason you're going to end up <clears throat> buying like a new sawzall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got water. I got a which we call the little plungers for the bathroom too. Swap those out. Taking advantage, I'm changing some wax rings and the uh, the plungers while I'm at it, but. Uh, but I guess no more home reno talk for now. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know. No more football, no more home improvement. Let's uh there you go. Uh so this was a busy week uh here this uh week. Um I also kind of like that we're gonna do these on Fridays because we can talk about the stuff as it's happening during that week. Um not that we're that far off on Sundays, but uh there was one, let's see, there was one I liked. Was it hardware sales commissions? Okay, well, first I did want to do this. I want to go over this thread um, because as mods, you and I both get these requests all the time. Can I post this promotional thing? Uh, and we do have vendors that watch this. So I've had vendors give me feedback on this. Um, these The weekly promo thread gets a shit ton of views, dude. Um, yeah. it's so don't think like that you're posting there and nobody's looking at it. You're abs it's absolutely getting looked at. Um so I just wanted to put that out there and MSPs take a look. I mean, this is the place we told them to advertise. So, you know, take a look and, you know, it's still subject to the same rules. Anybody can downvote, upvote, do whatever they want, comment on. Um, so do that. You know what I mean? And do, uh, but go check it out. It's the MSP. It's the vendors that are, uh, that are working in our space. That, that uh, is a good point. Yeah. People, people read this. It's not this barren black hole of content where no one looks at it. it. And it's the only thing we really can do because there's no fair way to let some in and, and anything else, right? They, they all just need to go to the promo thread, and that way there's no favoritism or anything else as far as what gets left up. Oh, yeah. And I, and I kind of like it because it forces them to come back every week and repost. So it's not stagnant stuff. It's not somebody yeah. that joined Reddit yeah. for like a week and then disappeared. None of none of the nobody but admins uh, have uh, API access to our sub, so nobody can post. Uh, you know, using any tools or anything. Um, so yeah, because uh, oh, it's a new thread every week. Let's not that? talk about Reddit and APIs. We'll just totally derail this thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so let's talk about this one. This work life <laughs> balance job hunting. Um, I like these 
because these are the ones that um, I've been a big proponent of candidates being their own uh, their own support, right? Bolstering themselves up, understanding their worth. Um, I don't care what kind of job market it is. You do have to interview your employer. You should have goals beyond mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. looking for the salary. So I love these kind of posts. Um, how do you feel? I mean, you're you're a little more aged in your career. You have a little more experience. Are are you in it now more for self satisfaction than you are for just the paycheck? Oh yeah, for sure. In fact, I think I hope I was like that before too. You have to like what you're doing, and it's harder at the beginning, and you may do more hours. But if you have the the goal in mind of doing something else, it it's all about time. Like yeah, we're and and so we're we're both further along in careers now, but. I would would at this point take less money for more free time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree hundred um, percent. it's funny because everything I build for the last three years has been to not need me, which is just good, you know, owner executive mm-hmm. mentality mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but a lot of it is also I want to be able to do cool stuff like this. <laughs> I want to be able to do, you know, other important stuff. Um, well, it, so- it's so cliched, right? But that that phrase on the business versus in the business mm-hmm. is super relevant. It's accurate. It, it's cliche because it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So let's see what this guy says. So or person says mysterious logic shot says over the last three years, I've had the privilege of working at two VARs where I achieved substantial professional growth during the time I received five salary increases four promotions, all obtaining six certifications, most notable being my NP. Uh, enthusiasm for my work is undeniable, but I find myself at crossroads as the demands of my current position are beginning to impact my personal life negatively. Late nights, constant on-call schedule, uh, strain my relationships outside of work. None of that is surprising yet at all. This is... Nope. I think uh, we've all been there, personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you're younger, you get that like that drive that just you want to just rock it upward. Uh, you're don't realize early enough that it's not sustainable, but, uh, you know, it always looks good when you have four salary, five salary increases, four promotions, six yeah. certifications. No, good for um, him. A lot of people do this without years. the salary increase. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, I'm deeply passionate about my job, struggling to identify alternate career opportunities that offer comparable compensation without the demands of VAR MSP. I started my career at 45 with additional bonuses currently earn 150 plus bonuses in central U S region. At 22 years old, Jesus, I'm concerned about the long-term sustainability of my current workload, fearing that it may lead to burnout in the future. I'm now exploring options to achieve a better work-life balance as my extensive hours are significantly, uh, I lost my place, as my extensive hours, there you go, significantly affecting my dating family life, more of I face a unique challenge just by holding senior level role at my age. Many companies are hesitant to hire me for similar positions due to my relative youth any advice on how to transition to a more manageable 40-hour work week without compromising my professional integrity should i consider exploring alternative career paths what a great threat first of all good for for this guy because yeah man i i've been there and my early msp days destroyed my personal life yeah um, like it, it was really bad um so fantastic for recognizing this and doing the right thing and addressing this at 22. That's amazing. I, I sure waited a lot longer than that. I, yeah, 22, I was working 15 hour days, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that was on an eight hour schedule. We were working 15 because that's the max the police department would let me do overtime. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do it again, but it was nice paychecks for a good minute in my early 20s. I'll tell uh, you, though, like I, I say stuff like I wouldn't do it again, but based on the way everything ended up, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for working, putting the putting the work in, you know, uh, putting an extra. I completely get that. Completely respect it. Um, the thing old guys like Matt and myself learn eventually is it, you have to have there has to be a pace. You can have ups and downs. You can go hardcore for a few months at a time or a year at a time and back off, but it's not sustainable. I mean, seeing this guy at three years get burnt out, that's not surprising to me at all. Uh, what's surprising yeah. to me is that this person obviously has a good head on their shoulders and, uh, and is looking at the right things very early in life. Um, seems to me like somebody with a good, good judgment. I will say from an employer standpoint, though, I'm a little concerned Three years, two roles. Let's say, let's split the difference. Say he was a year and a half in each role. Five promotions, two and a half promotions per at a year and a half. That's a, lot. That's a little excessive. Um, you know, $55,000 a year job and he's making 150 With bonuses, he's definitely a go-getter. I just... I'm it, it's interesting because it's... And not... You go. Know, the reason I say not, I hope most of that is not promotions because, as employers, I've done that. I've promoted people way too early, and it actually had negative impacts on them over uh, longer term, uh, and it's something I look out for now. Um, what about you? The, it, it almost sounds like the career path of someone who came in with, um, took a job he was overqualified for at the beginning, and then normalized out. But it's weird hearing that with the age that's mentioned in the post. Right. Nobody like, yeah, okay, you, th you think you're senior at 22. I did. And then, you, you know, later on, like, Oh no, I wasn't at that age for sure. Well, I have a friend that watches this show. Um, he's a, he's in a senior role, uh, a senior security role. Um, definitely on the younger side. Um, brilliant person and him and i have had him and i have had this conversation so he, i'm not saying anything he hasn't heard before i just i don't want to out anybody um but similar situation is very high earner for his age um definitely higher earner for his experience and while i know many others would love to pick him up the experience and the age don't equate to the salary he'd be looking for so mm -hmm. kind of like mm -hmm put himself in a bad spot. And I wonder if that's not what happened here, right? Like this is somebody at 22 years old. You can't say experience uh, with all due respect. Three years is not enough to earn senior level role. Any organization I'd ever run. Um, I don't care if you were making hardcore moves for those three years, if your entire career is three years, you just don't have the experience yet. To you might have the skills for it. You don't have the wisdom that goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not an ages thing. It's just, it's the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing. You just have to have enough time doing this shit to, to see all the potential, you know, because I've always said the, the maturity of a, of a technician is, um, at first you don't know shit and everything's wondrous and oh my gosh, then you learn a little bit of shit. And then it's, I know the answer to everything. And then you get old enough or experienced enough where you realize, yeah, it's usually easy stuff, not the the most complex thing I've ever learned in my life. And you get back to, I don't know anything. I don't know everything, and I'm comfortable with that, but I'm willing to learn. Um, 
<laughs> I don't think he's You're had describing Dunning Kruger. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And that's why, like, I don't think a 22, I mean, barring some amaz- amazing big events in his life, his or her life, I can't see how that could have been. That person could have had enough time to get all that. No, I'm I'm sure not. And to Ray's point, absolutely no disrespect. The, this person likely does have very high technical skills. And it just takes time to learn the applications, right? It's that old story about like, you know, you're paying $990 to know where to hit the thing with the wrench, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's all a wisdom thing. And and that's the challenge too. You want to reward passion. You want to reward drive, but you don't want to reward an untenable effort. You know what I mean? Because at that point, you're just supporting the person burning out. and I realized that is not something I paid attention to when it was when I was younger in my executive career. But now I pay attention to that a lot more. Um, so let me hard- ask you this: Is is yeah. this something that's even noticeable? Like, despite this is one of those things, kind of like how everyone tells you how awesome summer vacation is, and you don't believe them until you know they're gone. Um, is this the kind of thing that is almost impossible to identify for yourself until you actually have that moment of looking around and saying, my personal life is a wasteland. Like, can you even figure it out or realize it beforehand? Self-realization? Probably not. Um, Which is why it's amazing to see this person thinking about these things this early in the game. Um, But uh, that's why I say like the requirements for a boss or manager today I think are far harder, far greater than they ever used to be, at least for my level of, of success, for my my metric of what a successful manager or boss mm-hmm. should be. Um, and that includes helping them build their career growth, helping them walk this path and understand you know, where it's going and what the potential outcomes are. Um, somebody above him, should, above that person, I keep saying him, it could be whatever, somebody above that person should be telling them you know, hey, look, this is not tenable. You're going to want to start to have this life and you're not making space for it. And maybe for what for what it's worth, maybe somebody did have that conversation with them. And that's what prompted all this. Yeah, um, could be. You know, uh, because I, I, I'm i still kind of aghast at how well written that, that opening paragraph was uh, or that opening uh, post was. Because um, I was definitely too much of a shithead at 22 to write anything like that, um, much less think <laughs> yeah. about it. Um but you know, I, again, I, I just I worry about over um, over promoting people into a spot where they can't do anything with it, right? Because um, if the person's goal is to be there for twenty years, and well, what are you going to do if you made them senior after three? If the person's goal is to build X career and go move somewhere else, who's going to take a twenty level, a twenty year old C suite? It's not going to happen. No. So, you know, at some point you're not helping things either. So what um, does that conversation look like with that person? Right. So say I come up to you, Ray, and say, look, um, I feel that I'm ready to be promoted. I'd like to move up in the organization. Uh, you know, and how do you explain to that person without losing them that you're not ready or, or explaining, you know, like explaining the need for the yeah, wisdom and experience? Yeah. So my thing is this, um, which we'll call it. My thing is this. I the way I would say it is all about setting expectations, right? No different than you're talking. We've had this exact conversation about 
talking to your clients and setting the expectation mm -hmm. for what security will look like, what deployments look like, blah, blah, blah. Um, we go through this, not even an interview, we go through this on the job posting um, where we, you will be a position, these are the things we're looking for, but we tell them there's no promotions for the first two years. You got to be in your position for two years because you're there, you need 24 months to at least suck everything in to be able to understand and digest everything that's happening in that role under two years there's no way um and it also gives them it also stops the super aggressive because i can imagine it, how this kind of personality is i've, I've managed those where they're always they're very much a go-getter they want to keep getting promoted well it stops the conversation of am i going to get a promotion for that first 24 months the answer is no right and but i'll help you build to that promotion over the mm -hmm. 24 months, it also gives us something to work on. And it, I can say very early on, your next step is this. If you're tier one, your next step is tier two. And a tier two, this is the job posting. This is what I'm expecting of them. So these are the things we're going to build yourself up into over this 24 months, um, as including what I'm looking for in your role. Um, I do that also with new hires as part of their very first day. Every single new hire is we do a CEO expectations um, meeting for 30 minutes. And I tell them at a high level, this is what I gauge. These are the characteristics I see that lead to success in the, our organization. Um, and it works really well. It's setting those expectations. Um, how would you approach it if you were, you get that job, uh, that, that job applicant? He, you see the job applicant, you see three years, two roles, five promotions, or five salary increases, four promotions, and they're coming to you for a senior level, I'm imagining technical role, uh, if it's bonus-based. Um, what, what's your takeaway when you see something like that? Man, I, I got to be honest, I, I'm looking at the resume and not buying it. And okay. I it would pique my interest enough probably to interview this person, and I hope that I would be able to draw out whether there there's the experience attached to this or not. Yeah. But, but I fully admit I would be going into this with some serious skepticism and thinking like, Oh man, he's one of those like, you know, uh, C level people who don't even like manage a department of one or like right. directors with no managers under him or that kind of role. That's why you refer to a janitor as janitorial manager, even though they have no employees underneath them, it's just the title. You know, it's yeah. The, the C one I even get. The one that really bugs me is like director with no direct reports. Right. Right. Directors <laughs> manage managers. Like, and <laughs> yeah, I've managed a team of me. Uh, my one employee was very difficult. Uh, I was a pain in the ass. And uh, yeah, no, I, I completely get it. Um, which is why I say, like, you know, I'm not a, I don't think titles mean everything, but there's certain components to certain titles understand the gravitas it has when you assign them because you have every other oh i was trying to figure out if it was cat or rain um <laughs> that's guinness um which i'm call it uh but you want to also do it in a way that if they have it on a resume anybody else that talks to them is going to under be on the same playing field right yeah Right. I, I don't mean to discount titles completely. And especially if it's someone for whom reaching a specific title is a career goal, that's not to say that it's not a worthwhile thing to do or, or to see that as a goal. It's simply the reality within our own industry that there's so many of those, um, you know, director of none or like kind of these ghost C-suite yeah. execs that 
they just don't mean anything to an interviewer. They they do carry lots of external cachet. And um, one of the stupidest things of having a C-level title is that it made my emails to clients a lot easier. Like, it, it, it it's does. so dumb. It does. But th there's value <laughs> in stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and also, like, not for nothing, but you go to events that we go to and, like, you start networking with others, with your peers. And how much are you going to have in common with your peer directors if you have no employees? You yeah. know what I mean? Because employee management's a pain in the ass. I, I will tell you, like, anybody that manages employees, oof, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, and the, the person I'm talking about also, they know they're in a position where, like, it sucks. You know you're going to have to give up something if you move. Uh, Alden says, awesome thinking point, experience, the title, don't necessarily align, especially if a company is giving fluff titles out. Fluff title, that's a great way to say it. That's better than the two paragraphs I said. Yeah. Right, either of us. <laughs> Thank you, Alden, for being uh, being uh, I don't know. I'm struggling with words today. Um, so let's see some of these responses. A few ways of looking at this: you work hard and grind for ten years. I did think that way when I first started mm -hmm. building a nest egg, buy yourself a house, pay it off, put everything into your career. It's much easier to do this in your 20s and 30s. Gets harder as you get older. You start setting boundaries with work. Turn off the phone when you're not on call. Disable email alerts. Don't pick up other people's slack. That's about 50-50 how I feel. Um, mix your both. Speak to your boss. Say how you feel. You're hitting burnout. You love the job, but you need a time to switch off. If you're performing how you say they are, they will understand and be happy to let you bend their rules. I kind of like number three. Number three is the way to go. Yeah. And I have an issue with number two. And, and maybe this isn't maybe this isn't a good way to be, but I am one of those guys, and I think many of us are that will not let a client issue drop like yeah it's technically it's not my job or my issue or whatever but none of that really matters to the person having the problem on the other side so my, my attitude has always been yeah i'll deal with the internal issue of i shouldn't be doing this later mm -hmm. and I, I don't really um like the idea of turning off my phone when i'm not on call somebody might need something that only, only i know how to fix what am i gonna do just sit there and stare at my phone ringing like i i never I... was big on that so and again a lot of this uh, a lot of my experience here comes from the management side of things i do everything in my power to make sure the employees don't have to have their phone on um grant granted being a web service provider a little different than msp um, but you better believe we got shit in the middle of the night of people calling everything super important, blah, blah. Um, my thing is, well, if you're senior, it kind of sucks it up, suck it up. It comes with the title, it comes with the pay. You kind of got to be on a little more often than, uh, but the hell if I expect my like tier one, tier two, you know, I don't want to call them. I, I don't yeah. mean condescending, but the average staff, right? Non-management, non-director. If you're getting six figures plus and your salary and you got a lot of other benefits that come along with it, yeah, sometimes staying till 536 o'clock or doing a little bit of work on a Saturday, that just comes with the job. It sucks. It is what it is. But, you know, um, that's why you make the medium bucks, so to speak. Um, but and I'm never a fan of that's not my job. I that that's that needles on my skin. Um yeah. But, you know, I do believe in work-life balance. I, I do believe that, you know, accountability, if someone should be on call, that's they're accountable to being on call. It's their manager's job to make sure they do their job. Um, so, so, yes, I, I saw that, though, as the trade-off 
for not being in the on-call rotation is that if an engineer is calling my phone in the middle, middle of the night, that means they are stuck on something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, th and that's what I'm saying. Like, as a manager, as a boss, yeah. If they're calling me in the middle of the night, I, I tell people all the time, I, I founded the business. I signed up for this. That's that's on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't get to say my phone is off. Um, I do get a lot of other benefits for it, but I don't get to say my phone is off. That that will never happen. Um, but, you know, I, I don't expect all the employees to be like that. Now, they help each other out? Absolutely, yes, 100%. Um, let's see. Let's see how... Okay, so our OP responded. Says, I have an automated Android work profile. Automatically disables my notifications after hours. Doesn't stop me from working till 8 or 9 most nights. Due to unrealistic expectations, the outrageous customer that the outrageous customer when I push back with my current investment strategy, I should be able to retire around 30 Jesus, which is unlikely as my entire family is a bunch of workaholics. I think taking an extended vacation would be a great way to reset boundaries once I return. So if you're a high performer and you're an all-star, I do believe that if you're a high performer and you're compressing all your wins into a very small amount of time, because that's what this person obviously is doing to earn such a high wage. Um, I believe you should be comfortable taking time off too. We should build around that. Right? You have I to. Mean, you know, if you've got some guy hitting sluggers, hitting home runs every single time he's at bat, that dude wants something extra to make him a little happy. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's reasonable. Yeah. Take a vacation. I was just talking to my wife about, you know, possibly doing a, a month or two in Bali next summer. Like, just live there. Yeah. Um, why not? So I, I see something in the first paragraph of his response, and that is that unrealistic expectations. That I think he, I think that's supposed to be outrages the customer when I push back. Okay. And <clears throat> what I'm hearing and seeing from reading this is someone who's a very high technical capability and probably is able to you know, architect and design and troubleshoot the hardest thing in this network, but he's not necessarily an account management, project manager, customer service type person, and maybe right. even uh, lacks those skills. Yeah. And what I would be looking for and, and the conversation I would have is try and get some support on that side of the business, right? There, there's been very few, a, a couple of people I've ever met who can be both the lead technical person of an account and that accounts account manager. Um, yeah. I did it by necessity when we only had like three engineers and things got a lot better once we got real account managers. And, and I think this is kind of the same, same deal. Um, I suspect that this person had needs to work on setting expectations with clients as far as what's possible and learn to say no to, and, and right. Not, not just, I always have trouble saying that, as advice to like learn to say no to clients is you don't just outright say no, but you explain what's possible when you do that. And yeah. no, working I, I, on, on you. that side of the, the service goal, I think would be a big help for this person. Well, and I've seen also where people put themselves in that position. You know what I mean? Where nobody's really, we've had that. I I've had it internally in my organ. I've had to sit people down and be like, nobody's setting this expectation on you except you. I yeah. appreciate the drive i appreciate the go-getter attitude but my company's designed around when it's your go home time it's your go home time period um you know what i mean it's not a leave it outstanding we have 
built in, you know, inform your manager, this is going to take long, let them decide what they want to do. Um, but it's never uh, the whole, well, I just work on my own till nine o'clock at night. That's not going to win any arguments with me. Because when you get burned out, I'm going to be like, remember that time I told you not to do this thing? <laughs> did right? it. And that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. Um, the 9 p.m. is something's on fire. And yes. Dealing with Every once in a while. Yeah, of course. But uh, if you're doing it every single night, most nights, yeah. I mean, this person that responded, so want to have kids in the future? Though. LOL. <laughs> I agree. It, it goes back to what we were saying before, because you and uh, I, like, man, I did this for so long. I missed so many social events and like stayed at the office till eight, nine o'clock and made friends with the cleaning people and like all, all that stuff. Um, and no matter how many times anyone told me about it, then you just don't realize it till after the fact what a number it's doing on you. Yeah. I, and Alden says, uh, maybe it's the MSP not managing their employee correctly. And that, that goes back to what I was saying. Like, yeah, you can't have an employee working till nine o'clock if the manager doesn't know that's that's a whole other bag of problems and if the manager does know and they're letting it happen they're just taking advantage of it equally a problem um and maybe they're just letting him because he's senior whatever he is in his organization um i don't know that that senior part just kind of throws me off um all right so very curious uh what else uh but let's move on to the next one uh keeping track of all billable hours yay um struggling to formulate his question in a coherent way english not a first language but i love his username uh poop this poop that poop you so and my inner 12 year old says <laughs> it's noteworthy for sure <laughs> yeah um all right so says how do you all track time like me and our colleagues travel to customers for on-site built uh, regularly while in the car we take calls we'll take calls in the car and support other customers while we're waiting for someone to load install stuff like that so we're going to the multitasking or context switching uh, to solve a ticket. A lot of this is billable, of course, but what we, and I trust a lot of you struggle with, is logging the time in an efficient manner. Like on a computer, we can use stuff like Toggle, but the most important time wasters are phone calls. Been trying to find an app that can log calls in duration. It seems like there's no fix to track all solution. See, I have a very easy answer to this. Um, it's not going to be helpful in the least bit. So I'm curious <laughs> as to what you say first. So... <clears throat> I used I used a time tracking app on my phone if I had to do something while I was outside of the office and it was like I, I must have tried a hundred of them mm -hmm. and it was simply like hit start stop and put like a two sentence note so you could fill in the real time entry later and that was it like that's all I did now there, there's all sorts of intricacies around like how do you bill and like is this 15 minute increments and you know, how do you deal with, like, do you double bill while that's going on and all that? And that just depends on your specific organization and how the agreements work. Um, I, yes, I did take calls on the road all the time. Um, tried not to do it if I was actually at a client's site in their office, because that seemed kind of rude, unless I was like staring at a progress bar or something. Um, but I just used an app that was very clear and clean, just start, stop, note, and dealt with the timesheet later. That's my answer. Um, so my thing is, uh, yay dolphins, we won. Um, my thing is, <laughs> uh, whatchamacallit, this comes from context switching. 
This comes from not making time to do one thing at a time. And I know, see, I'm so I, I have this argument with uh, whether it's an argument discussion or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I have this with every single person that's experienced that joins my organization because I will tell you 90% of our processes sound counterintuitive to the ultimate goal of customer experience. As a program, as a whole, I guarantee you they're super freaking efficient and towards the goals of customer experience. But you know, to the average person, we have the argument back and forth. This is the same thing. I can do five things at a time. Well, we've had that conversation. You can't do five things at a time. You may context switch better, but if you're complaining about losing stuff, you need that. Uh, in a call center, you have um, the concept of wrap-up time. You have your call is done, and then the typical phone systems won't allow another call in for configurable a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, to give mm-hmm. you wrap-up time to type everything in, do everything you need to do to notate, prepare for the next call. That is standard operating procedure for call centers, 911 centers included. Um, so if they can do that, why can't MSPs? You know what I mean? If I, if I have somebody, yes, I was at the point in my life where I was absolutely taking calls while I was driving to one client doing all that. Um, I put a stop to it pretty damn early and I hired my first employee uh, six months into my MSP. That's Uh, a really good point. Um, Staff management, right? Resource allocation. Yes. So I I think I was in the same boat because I was such an early employee in this organization that like half of Rochester had my cell phone number by the time I was done. And that's horrible to split out from. Like when everybody (laughs) knows your cell phone number and you're like, call the office. And they're like, no, I have your cell phone number. Well, yeah, exactly. And and, and that's my point. So like the the later clients and as we got more mature as an organization, um, we we really spent a lot of effort to stop calling text directly, like at all. And that made this somewhat of a moot point. Like our guys on the road were just there to like install a PC and had no strong relationship with the client. And it was the account manager and the lead tech who didn't leave the office, who had the strong relationship. Yeah. Um, that's And that's the thing, right? Like, but take that exact point. I guarantee you there was at some point where you're like, you had the internal battle because you are a customer first of is making them call the office a better customer experience for them than calling myself. And eventually you realize it is a better customer experience because you will have somebody available in the office that can help them versus being beholden to your schedule, right? Yes. But it's one of those counterintuitive things that doesn't make sense until you actually look at the bigger picture. Um, and I've had that. I, my own TSM, I've had the, we've had the conversation because he came from a traditional MSP and he came with my technical services manager, sorry. And he came over and I had to explain to him, like, we do things this way because the outcome is better and he was doing the traditional cherry pick tickets because he thought, you know, somebody had called more time. So they were more urgent or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but what about everybody else that was already holding? How are you screwing them? You know what I mean? Are we just doing the greasy, the creaky wheel gets the grease or are we, you know, being, you know. Yeah. You don't want to train your clients to think that calling cuts the line, right? As opposed right. to emailing. And uh, and that's the challenge. I, I would like to ask you. So we have two cases here where um, we have two cases with management problems, in my opinion. Um, the first post that we read in this one, they both have, they both scream management concerns mm-hmm. um, to me anyway. Um, 
when I had this conversation with my TSM, when we had a high ticket load, um, to give you an idea, we usually average three, 400 tickets a month. We were averaging like 900 tickets a month for some busy periods. Um, and so the TSM's only response when customers called in where the only, the only possible answer was to work on their ticket. If they called and they were upset. Um, I'm curious how you would handle, you have a high ticket load, you have customers waiting, you have a customer pissed off because the ticket's taking so long. How do you handle that? You, you can't set the precedent that calling and complaining cuts the line. You, you just can't. Um, the answer has to be, we'll have someone call you back. And man, it it's tough, especially like if yeah. they called me, it, it was really tough because I'd want to dive in and start working oh, on it course. myself, which would yeah. screw everything up, <laughs> right? Like I, I have too. nothing to yeah. do with this client. Let the the guys who should be handling this handle it. Yeah, um, um, you got to yeah. stick to it. That that's my thing too. That's exactly how I feel about it. I, you know, my thing is I I've always loved that I've had a gift where I could literally tell somebody fuck you. And they'd say, thank you. At the end of the conversation, it's all about delivery. It's all about, you know, how you handle the conversation. Um, so my point of that is not being braggadocious. My point is you can have almost any conversation with anybody and have a positive outcome if you do it properly. Mm -hmm. So to dovetail that back to the original question, it's very easy. How many people have you heard? Well, you know, they keep calling myself. So to teach them, I'm not going to answer myself or I'll take a long time to respond back to them because they're not going through the ticket queue. I've heard that ridiculous mm. response a million times, way too much, but you can take the same principles and apply it here. I'm you're giving a behavior. I'm giving a response and I'm teaching you what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Customer calls. They're frustrated. It's their third call. Make it a productive call. I have your call. We have it marked as this. I understand you're waiting. We're going to get to it as quickly as possible. Do you have any additional information that you need me to add here? Because mm -hmm. while I have you on the phone, if something new has come up, let me know so I can add it. So they know we're going to expect something of them every time they call. It's not going to change the needle every time they call, but we are expressing that it's important to us every time they call. So the only outcome they're going to get from calling is us asking what additional information do they have. That's yes. it. Um, you know what I mean? It's not a, you idiot, the more times you call, we're not going to help you. It's just, let's make sure we have all the information we could possibly get so that the techs can work on it as quickly as possible. The minute they start working the ticket and you're putting in their benefit, you know, I'm not saying it works all the time. I'm saying it works sometimes. <laughs> it it does, man. That, that intentional slow working thing just pisses me off so, so oh, much. Right. Too. Like it's. It's a person like wait until the crisis is over and then tell them why you want them to call the office. Oh yeah. Right. Like hundred percent. Like this passive aggressive sending a message that way is just the least productive thing you could possibly, you would be better off like just ignoring them completely than doing that. Yeah, no, I, um, so I'll get, especially because, you know, as we were smaller, everybody and their mother knows me, um, from the original days. And so I'll get people that'll ping me directly over and over and I'll tell them, look, I will absolutely make sure the technical service manager knows what's up. I can look into it to make sure it's being handled properly. I'll get the appropriate managers looking into it. If you want to have a discussion of process, I'm here. We'll have that call. But the ticket's going to be worked through the support team. Like It has to be. It has to be. I will. I will absolutely look to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. If we, we possibly missing some information so we can get to it faster, or you know, 
to make sure we're not mishandling it. I want to catch it as quickly as possible. But by the same tone, if I look at it and it's fine, that's what's going to be. And if I look at it and there's something to be corrected, I'm going to address it with the manager. I'm not going to handle it myself. Um, that's the worst thing you can do. I like there might be a project going on, or if you're like me, you're going to forget to put the ticket in later and not get the revenue for it. Oh like, my God. Yes. Right. Especially my because it's so busy. You don't want me working your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and as you get further, you find, you know, you're not making tickets all that often. Right. So it's yeah. a really, you, you don't track your time and it's so easy to get dropped. And all of a sudden, like you, you didn't realize that the service team is intentionally doing something that you just messed up by fixing and like, just yeah. resist the temptation. Oh, it is. And, and I will say when I do, cause I'll still work tickets every once in a while. Like if I'm, if it's quiet on the weekend and I'm doing like a server upgrade or I'm doing something and I'm just sitting doing nothing and uh, it's not a football day, <laughs> which means I'll do <laughs> yeah. less tickets now that football season's back. Um, yeah. No drop doing anything. Yeah, I do follow the docs, though, on how to work the ticket, because um, that lets me see, okay, well, I don't do it anymore, so I'm almost an end user when it comes to this. Right. If it doesn't make sense to me, there's something that needs to be fixed. Uh, Sandy says, we tell clients to call in everything in an emergency. We're happy to raise rates to staff properly to handle the requests as such. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it's frustrating. It is absolutely frustrating. Uh, or we'll create work ticket, but may not be up to the company standards as we don't always work ticket. Yeah. So Steven's one of my core service engineers. He's in charge of platforms. Um, he's not a support guy. <laughs> he's yeah. freaking brilliant. I mean, he literally runs our architecture, but he's not a support guy. So I guarantee you he's going to screw up something that is not, he's not going to follow our support processes properly. Yeah. Uh, well, no, of course. He will. He'll follow the docs, right, Stephen? Right. <laughs> so, well, um, we, we all fall into that trap. Like, oh, it's oh, just the yeah. uh, you know ten minute thing. I'm not reading the docs. And and I'll be honest. I so we did start doing quick fix tickets this uh, this week. We started. I know that's an old C level thing, um, and I think even the Connectwise docs talk about it too. Um, pre you know pre buying HTG and all that. Yeah. Um, but uh, which I'm called the quick fix queue. So now that we're we're bringing on a second technical dispatcher, so the goal is we're going to have two technical dis dispatchers. Yeah, there's Stephen. Yeah, sure, he's following the docs. Um, so we all do um, it or not the do goal it. Goal is that my technical dispatchers they can solve the quick tickets, um, so they can bang those out, and those will get done faster, and they're not tying up a tier one resource. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Now Danny, the ticket he's another Dolphins fan. Go Dolphins. Oh, um, you guys are killing me. And he moved to Tampa. It's not even like Danny's now in Tampa. So, oh, uh, yeah. I'm a Jets fan, if any of the uh, the audience didn't know that. Yeah, and we're still going to let you be on anyway. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's not like if, if the Dolphins were serious, like, postseason contenders every single year and there was, like, a hardcore rivalry, yeah, I'd be more upset that like you know we'd make more out of this dolphins versus jets thing but let's be real honest we're gonna have a great half season then we're gonna fall off the map and we may go postseason one or two uh one or two games but get the fuck out sandy get the fuck <laughs> out all right that's something we can all agree with get the fuck out <laughs> uh well they lost so that that's okay yeah <laughs> yeah apologize apologies for being a jets fan our niece is actually a hardcore jets fan too so nice, um, there's nice. no end to that uh fun um all right so 
So I, I think our, our underlying point with this thread is like, yes, there are ways to do this, but if you're getting these interruptions, address the root cause of that first. It's a sign of an underlying issue. Let's see. Nope, we don't have an issue tracking time because we have a ticketing system when a user submits a ticket via email. So, okay. And that's a little reductionist. It is, but at the same time, it's reductionist to the exact point I was bringing up, though. Yeah. Of do it one at a time, resource problem. Yes. If it's not in a ticket, it never happened. You're at the uh, you're at the home of that that phrase. Um, <laughs> Lord knows we used to beat it into our staff when we were ConnectWise shop. Which is um, a little bit of a misnomer because what it really means is you don't get paid for it. <laughs> it is, but we don't say that part out loud. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> no ticket, no work. How does this help if you're switching to work another ticket? And yeah. Then you stop one ticket and you work the other ticket. Because I've yet to see a, in my entire career, I've yet to see a tech that could work two tickets at once, document both properly, and the time be accurate for both at the same time. Including like us, shit. right? Like, I think I can, but really, the only yeah. time it works is if literally, like, something is downloading and I can do something else for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 full of it. Um, if it's not documented, it didn't happen. Not even the pay portion. You can't reference something that wasn't logged. I don't disagree. That's exactly why we do two step close. Um, did you guys do two step close at uh, your MSP? So yes, we did, and then eventually stopped uh, when uh, one tech seemed to learn how to write better. And two, is that that was the bigger problem. But two, our agreements were almost all at that point all you can eat, so it didn't really impact from a billing perspective. It was really yeah. just a checking for quality, and so we did yeah. sampling after that. That's exactly what we do. We do um, we do two step close cl uh, completed, then close text market completed. Uh, for those that are not familiar with it, uh, two step closes the text will mark something completed or some some version it's not actually closed you're getting a second person to review the ticket before actually closing it or whatever i know some people that do it automated based on looking for certain things um we do the same thing we automatically close after x number of days but the goal is we have that gives 24 hours for the technical service manager to sample first and mark some yeah. closed this way he doesn't have to review everything but he has time to review some for that week before they close out. Um, and it's been a nice happy meeting. And it's all QC is what it yeah. is for us. It's not a billing thing. You, you eventually uh, have to. When, when we were doing um, review every ticket, we eventually had uh, a someone who was a, a manager basically spending his entire day right. reviewing tickets. And it's just Hard. unsustainable. Yeah. And, but you don't want to miss stuff either. So it's like it's a catch-22. And like everything else, there's balance, right? Um, yes. So... All right, this is one I wanted to bring up. You know, I love me some business ones. Uh, if you have any you want to bring up, just... Uh, no, these are good, right? We talk about tech all the time. I like that we talk yeah. about things that aren't just ones and zeros. Yeah, I'm with you. So this is title difference from interview to offer. I recently been interviewing for a network admin role at an MSP. I got offered the position when they sent me the official offer. Title is technical service engineer. I question it. They claimed all engineers go by that title, title but it translates to network admin outside the company is this a red flag um so before we go into what your actual thoughts are i want to pull a kyle here what how do you think reddit responded to this because i have a pretty good idea of how i think data respond i think this is this might be one that reddit and i disagree on 
Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I bet I bet Reddit said big time red flag. Yeah. Um, and that's some of it. Um, actually, you'd be surprised. I'm I'm very actually surprised too. Um, so what is your opinion? What is your your takeaway? You get a job offer, you applied for something, you get a job offer, title's different. So that it's different does send up some red flags, especially if it was like advertised with a title and then the job offer had a different one. That I wouldn't feel very good about just from the personal relationship deceitful thing. The actual title, network administrator, engineer, it, like they're all the same, honestly. Like if I see yeah. a resume, network engineer versus network admin, you don't even really register it as being different. It's so my my thing here is the problem is now where job titles have become just as much marketing as anything else in the organization. Um, how, how common is it to have a director of people instead of a director of HR? We yeah. have one. We have a director of people. You want to go on Indeed and put a job post posting for director of people? Um, uh, our good friend, uh, Marnie Stockman, um, one of her last hires before um, they sold LCI was a get shit done person. Um, she was looking for basically an admin assistant, but she was calling get shit done because the truth of the matter is in a small business, you're wearing mm -hmm. a lot of hats. You're doing a lot of things, but you put a job posting out for a get shit done specialist. Who's searching for that, right? You're searching for tech. You're searching for security. You're searching. So I completely understand the title that goes on the job posting is to attract the talent looking for that job, job title. No different than lifecycle insights trying to cater to people looking for vcio or qbrs mm -hmm. they hated those <clears throat> terms but that's what people search for um versus the internal like us we have we're very boring technician one technician two technician three but we also have our core services engineering which is basically mm -hmm. internal right our internal support internal um engineers that's the core services team it's a separate team from our client facing tech support um but i can't put a job posting out for cse engineer CSE tech that's uh, me and Microsoft. I think there's like larger orgs use those titles, but it's not as common in SMB. So you look for a network engineer, you look for a platform architect, you look for mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It is something I probably would have disclosed on the second or third interview. Yes. Um, right. I'm going to pull a Matt Lee and do the, uh, you know, nose thing. Um, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> that That's the difference, right? So Lots of orgs and lots of positions, especially big organizations, right, have these ridiculous sounding internal titles that you, you wouldn't put them on your business card. You wouldn't put them on LinkedIn or anything because they mean nothing. Well, you're, um, even your title is a little, your, what, what is your official? Yeah. Title? So my, my official real title, like as far as HR goes, is something like, um, associate evangelism director which uh if you know what that means somebody which, please let no, me know um <laughs> right so like i i always, like so if i'm doing presentations stuff i just say like security evangelist right exactly um, and that and that's kind of the thing which is what you actually do which you know it, it makes more sense to most people um steven you're 100 right that is the top comment Are yeah paying you appropriately who cares some days i take out the trash i'm 100 percent I would um, want it to be disclosed in the interview, though. Like, I, I yeah. wouldn't feel good if I found out about this after I accepted the offer and, like, got there. Yeah. It's so my two cents. It sounds like they thought it was an internal role, found a client facing. That absolutely could have happened. Um, this is an in interesting take. Sandy says he believes they're 
pushing to remove the word engineer from IT computer careers as the belief is they're not real engineers. Um, well, somebody with an engineering degree. <laughs> so there, there are, um, I don't know if I've, nobody's ever been able to actually show me the statute, but this is apparently because there are some, uh, states where you cannot use the title engineer unless you have like civil engineering or went to engineering school like that kind of engineer um i the common argument is that texas is one of them but i've never actually seen the law that requires it but that's where this is coming from so i actually heard this so charles barkley has this whole speech on the five there's only five real jobs in the world um which is not what i was looking for but that's what keeps coming up um However, I heard this exact argument before, and you're not going to believe how ridiculously old this is. Um, it was some Greek philosopher, God knows who, something, let's call it something ending in Edes or one of those, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's call him ridiculous. Why not? Um, I can't find the article, but uh, so the gist is this. Um, ancient Greece, the saying goes, there was only X amount of real professions in the world true professionals in the world professionals being doctor engineer uh not lawyer back then but whatever the freaking um counselor whatever it was um mm -hmm. but you get the gist uh, right and translated to today's terms people that have a professional degree and professional licensing at a state level or a federal level um challenge with that is you can have a low voltage license that doesn't change shit. um yeah yeah you know and the definition of engineer has nothing to do with college degree um you know it's it's one who works on works on things to make it work um i purposely don't call my technicians engineers only because as somebody who has legitimate experience and training as an engineer as a network engineer um i don't want to I don't want to, I don't want to say default. I don't want to undermine the gravity of the title um, by assigning it to somebody junior in their career. I think it's something to build up to. I'm not saying you need to have a college degree to get it. I'm not saying you have to have state licensure to get it. I'm saying if you're working tier one help desk, you're not an engineer. That's, that's fair. Right. Fair. Um, you're a support technician. Um, and I, and I look at it as sort of like the apprenticeship hierarchy. Um, now that is a hundred percent subjective. That is how I treat my org. It is not judgment on anybody else. It's just a, that's how we do it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, all that really matters though is your org understands you and you understand what you, the expectations are. Um, really annoys me. I can't find the, the actual old Greek bullshit. But um, I do want to see it now. I'm going to go look it up. Yeah. Um, I'll find it because, of course, it was uh, oh architect engineer, because um, of course it was my nephew that's an architect that was saying this, uh, you know, right after he graduated. Um, so that that's a good point though. So I I know there are like solutions architect type positions out there, and the the thing with man, I'm gonna regret saying this. In, see, I, in, all I can see now is articulates. <laughs> I know that's right? not what Andy meant, but I'm gonna go with articulates. Um, so. <laughs> In many or most or basically every MSP that I've been involved in or talked to, we are not doing things that would rise to the level of actual technical architects. Right. And that's just the reality of it. Like in, in my, at the MSP I worked out, 
until the last year or two when we got big, um, we weren't doing things that I would consider real technical architecture projects. We were designing networks for like, you know, 200 users at most. And it felt weird seeing titles like solutions architect or systems architect or network architect because what's there to architect? There's like five VLANs. Well, okay. I get you. I, I get you. And, and remember, uh, you know, I, I, I built, I said it was controversial. Stuff. No, I I'm with you. So dictionary Oxford, a person who designs, builds, or maintains engines, machines, or public works. I think we can all agree that networks are machines. Um, computers are machines. To me, it falls down to, and also as a CCIE, engineer and architect have very significant and designer have very significant meanings right um no different than breach right how many times you've heard the word breach where it doesn't apply to what actually happened yep um mm. it was a fucking incident or is a leak or it was something else it wasn't a breach. anyway you get what i'm saying um semantics but to me an engineer has to be designing things i understand if affecting a five VLAN network is not the most complicated thing in the world. If they're responsible for the ultimate design and effect of it, I'd probably let that pass. Um, because somebody has to look at it and say five VLANs is appropriate for this customer, right? Not just, mm -hmm. we're not just talking about the affecting, I'm talking the design portion of it. If you're just the doer, where this is off the table in my opinion now if you can tell me you designed it and you understand the whys of it and what the, what requirements had the impact to get to this final result you and i are on the same page that's an engineer i'm not going to argue that one but um not the tier one who's just following the or whatever technician is just following the instructions getting it done that yeah. is not the same thing um in my yeah, yeah I, I, agree with I guess that. I'm just the bougie network engineer now. <laughs> no, so I, I totally agree with that. But but to me, um and, and I I threw us off track by bringing up architect, but but to me, like the architect term and even some of the higher level engineer terms to me mean designing like a campus infrastructure yeah. or right, like and I would go into some of these little environments and think like, man, I'm really pushing it calling myself a designer here. <sighs> You know, you know why I, I don't hinge on that. I get where you're coming from, 100%. You know why I don't, though? You look at college campuses and say, okay, that's a big network. My background is in building multi-continent networks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's always a bigger, and there's guys that are, there's one guy I've been chasing for years. He's freaking has seven CCIEs. He's freaking mind-boggling. The guy is mental. But he has seven CCIEs and he's still going. I actually know who that is. The, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a big group, right? Um, but uh, whatchamacallit, but that's my point. Like, there's always somebody who's done something more bigger, and to them, normal is not your normal, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't, and that kind of feels like gatekeeping a little to me. I'm not saying you're big dogging anybody, I'm just saying to me, that kind of feels that, that way, and that's why, like, that's fair. I, just don't, that's fair. I don't do that, you know what I mean? It's not, uh, Unless you built a network. Now, to be fair, CC and CCENT and CCNA are all single network design. CCMP is when you get into multi-network design, uh, and then you go up from there. Um, so Cisco maybe agrees with you. <laughs> I mean, if maybe that's where it came I, from. Cisco was the first SERP path I went through. 
There you go. Yeah, same. Uh, no, that's not true. I got my MCSE before I did my Cisco path. Um, Mine's sweeper consultant. Yeah, no, mine's uh engineer. <laughs> I'm 2003. So the e went what MCSC went MCSC was uh engineer and then nothing and then came back as expert. And uh, I don't know if there's an MCSC today, they keep fucking with that title. They had the um the certified master thing for a while. I don't yeah. know if that's still around. I went, I don't know. I just I, that's why I gave up on my MCSC after 2003. I'm like. I know my shit. It's not like GPO is changing all that much. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so. you, you do raise a good point though, in that um, the scale is smaller, the scope is smaller, but the, the nuances are different. And in fact, somebody who's used to designing multi-continent networks may struggle on the intricacies of like 100%. a single site, right? It's totally different because to them, they work for Acme Corp. And what do you mean you can't spend like, $2 well, million dollars on this one site. We're working on a project now. I can't get too deep dive into it, but we're working with a guy that there's not a lot of people when it comes to networking that I can look at and be like, I'm going to shut up when they talk because they're that fucking smart. Um, I'm thankful that a lot of my friends fall in that category of, I just shut the fuck up when they talk. Slagle's one of them. Like I just shut the fuck up when they talk. Um, but this guy is, he's not in the MSP space. Nobody here would know him, but he's uh, fucking brilliant. The dude eats, breathes, sleeps, BGP. He loves building giant networks. Um, so he's consulting on some projects with us. And it's funny because as we're working on stuff, as he's talking, because of what he's built and what we're trying to do, and to be fair, what we're trying to, we're doing global expansion. We're trying not to do small things, but he's still over-engineering for what we're trying to do. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of my role has actually been, okay, I understand you technically, you're right if we were doing this, if we were building INAP, if we were building Equinix, absolutely fucking makes sense. We're not building that. We're not. That's not the scale <laughs> we're going for. And so a lot of my thing, uh, which is funny as a, uh, as an engineer and an executive is I'm having to walk things back from a business perspective. Yeah. Be like, yeah, technically accurate, hundred percent unsustainable if we did it because he would be him and myself would be the only people capable of maintaining it. And we've had that conversation, um, you know, of not building stuff that we're the only ones capable of maintaining. Um, so it, it's, in, and you're right. And it's because he's used to building really big shit. And so when it gets to a little bit smaller, you know, he's like, well, why don't we put this $200,000 big iron switch? <laughs> so why don't we do six of them so we can, right? Like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Um, so yeah, uh, those are always fun. And that's, and that's what I go back to when you're a tech, everything, the world is wide open. Your eyes are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Then you learn something and then everything is that new thing you just learned, whether it's a firmware update or this one GPO policy. And then when you get more experience, you realize, yeah, it's ninety percent of it's just the simple shit. <laughs> you don't need to get that complex, right? Um, right. Realizing what to say no to, what to say no to, and that's that's when the business side comes in. Um, yeah, and I think that's uh, that's probably a good spot to uh, to hit us out. Um, we only did two. I think we only did two today, or maybe two and a half, three. Um, but they were good. It's topics. okay though. Those were good discussion starters. Yeah. I mean, in the Dolphins won, so yay um since you're not we'll find out us, about my team tomorrow yeah I, since you're not playing us i will wish you good luck uh with the jets tomorrow um until we play each other then you know we may have to get different hosts for that week or maybe bring in <laughs> kyle to like <laughs> to 
facilitate mediate moderate yeah <laughs> uh what do you got coming up this week uh not not too much actually uh very quiet i shouldn't say quiet week um without giving anything away there's a lot going on with that stuff john and brad are talking about this week which okay. shouldn't doesn't seem like it should take up a lot of time but somehow is <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it always goes yeah we got that nice little lull until itnc comes so it's like there's a bunch of conferences doing it wrong uh dean and alex were at or dean was at a channel pro in boston last week uh, i think we have atlanta in a couple of weeks i know build it's next week in orlando uh techcon unplugged just finished um which i really wish i could have gone to um my personal next one besides build it i may show up at datocon uh as mmn not as uh, oit and then I will absolutely be there as OIT and MMN at ITNC because I never miss that show, um, assuming I can get hotel rooms. So, you know, besides that. I can't um, help you. Yeah, let me see what's going on here. We have coming up, uh, we have Wins and Losses, Episode 9 uh, on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, we have AI Roundup, Episode 27 on Wednesday, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the best 15 minutes of AI in the entire MSP channel. Uh, we have MSP Dispatch Tuesdays and Fridays at 10 a.m. And then this week, right after 10 a.m., uh, after MSP Dispatch at 11 a.m. Eastern, we will have the new time for MSP Community Live. And so it's pretty cool. And actually, since I believe, I believe ITNC goes through Friday or finishes on Thursday, I don't know. But let's see if we can do an MSP Community Live from ITNC since we'll both be there um i i think cool. what this means is we just have to change the date if uh, yeah if we have to something can happen i always have to change stuff around that week anyway um because i don't let the shows take hiatus we do them all i just torture my staff and be like i don't care for it itnc we're still doing it so yeah let's do it that'll be fun it'll be fun and maybe we can do a live q a instead of uh pulling stuff from reddit uh that'd be kind of nice that'd be really fun we should do that yeah. All right. We'll figure out the logistics. Uh, I'll throw one more thing at Corey. Poor Corey. Um, she hates me at this point. All right. So, she hates me too. It's okay. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us on MSP Community Live. The best hour and change of current MSP events going on every week. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of you. And until next week, take care of yourselves and each other. been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.